Last time on Improv Tabletop, we met our new heroes, a crew of pirates, headed by Captain Gregory Morton Orville, or GMO for short, and his only surviving crewmates, Sue, the polar bear who's like Rocket Raccoon but nice, and Talon, the obedient servant. Them, along with the other cabin boy, Jim, they found themselves, after a strange storm, sailing towards an island that appeared to be made entirely out of sweets, desserts, and candies. Through the strange mists, they noticed this place seems like it's been inhabited by something, but they're not quite sure. The animals are made of candy. The water is no longer seawater, but bubbly, frothy root beer. Their ship was beginning to sink because the entire thing had been changed to graham cracker from wood, so they decided it was best to abandon ship and start heading their way towards the shore. But on the way, they were accosted by three gummy sharks who had risen up from the depths and were going to attack our heroes. Will they be able to make it out? Let's find out here at the Desert Island. What's shaking, everybody? You're listening to Improv Tabletop, the Fate RPG actual play where we make up everything on the spot. I'm Ned Wilcock, your host and GM, and today I'm joined by... Evan Peterson. Christian Randall. McKenna Steele. So we are going to start this off by getting right into combat with these sharks. Let's do it. So based on this current situation, I'm going to say that I'm actually going to give Jim the first action because he was the one who noticed these sharks. And since he's standing on top of Sue's back as she's swimming, that leaves his hands pretty open. So he reaches into his satchel and he pulls out his slingshot and he is looking around for something to put into it, and he notices there's uh, some various bits of detritus bobbing on the surface of the root beer, and he finds what looks like a jawbreaker uh, just kind of floating on the surface, and he puts the jawbreaker into his slingshot, and he pulls it back, and he's going to roll to attack this thing with quick, getting a plus three. The shark is going to try and dodge out of the way also with quick, and only gets a plus one. So that means he's going to deal two points of stress to this gummy shark. And you notice since these gummy sharks have been swimming around in the water, you know, like if you leave a gummy bear in water overnight, it's not as gummy, not as elastic. It's a lot more just kind of gelatinous. So this jawbreaker finds its way through that sort of gelatinous outside of the shark and kind of embeds itself towards the center, deals a pretty sturdy hit to the shark actually, and it's looking pretty rough at this point. That brings us to the end of Jim's turn, and he calls down to Sue, and he says, these things aren't as tough as we thought they might have been. I think we can take them. Okay, so what I'm probably gonna end up doing is I'm gonna flip around, like, and not flip around my body, but like turn, swim to turn around and face the sharks, and I'm going to go over and swim up and bite them and try and eat them. All right. This is a pretty forceful seeming thing that you're doing here. Roll to attack with forceful. And the shark is going to defend with quick, trying to dodge out of the way. Okay, so I rolled a plus one, but with my forceful, it's a plus two, which makes it into a plus three. And the shark only rolled a plus one. Yes. You swim up to this and you can see that jawbreaker is still kind of embedded inside of it. 
and you kind of go for that entry wound and you start digging your teeth into it. And this thing tastes, it's kind of an odd combination, this sort of berry-like gummy soaked through with root beer, but it's, it's not entirely unpleasant, but you just bite and claw into it and you tear this gummy shark in half and its two halves just start kind of floating away as the shark ceases to move. Guys, I don't feel so good. I think I ate too quick. <laughs> Let's hurry up and swim so I can go throw up on the shore. All right, so one of the sharks is dead. Sue, who would you like to go next? Oh, it kept Gmo. I think you'd probably better take this one. Where's my mother? Where's my mother? Why is she here? This is the most terrifying thing I've ever seen in my life. And I'm just going to try and swim away. <laughs> All right, so you begin swimming towards the direction of the shore. Go ahead and roll to overcome with quick to see how fast you can make it to the shore. Plus four. Oh, shoot, yeah. So you start doing this wonderful breaststroke that you were taught in your youth, having a very fancy swimming teacher and everything, and you breach the surface with the speed of your breaststroke, and so you're kind of like a dolphin just sort of skipping along the way with each stroke towards the shore, and surprisingly quickly, you manage to make it to the shore, and you're kind of breathing heavily, you start pulling yourself up, and there's this really interesting thing going on where the root beer meets the island itself. This sand, it's coarse, and it, is this Pop Rocks? And you see <laughs> the place where the root beer meets with the Pop Rocks, it's kind of bubbling and fizzing and crackling, but you pull yourself up past that area, and you've made it onto the shore. And I stand proud and I say, you're good for nothing, fish. I ain't scared of you. You can go ahead and try and attack my men, but I know they can handle you and they'll go next. <laughs> All right. So the two sharks, they're going to look around at the various options they have. The first one decides that it wants to attack Talon. So it is going to try and do that forcefully. You once again see that area where the blue gummy meets the white gummy peel open and there's kind of these strands of gummy that are kind of keeping the two halves from entirely separating. So it's not like big jagged teeth. It's just these weird gummy stretches on either side. And as it goes to bite down on you, it rolls a plus two. Uh, I'm, yeah, I'm just gonna try and uh, kick my feet and swim away from it. All right, roll to dodge with quick then. Okay, and so that's a minus two but I'd like to spend a fate point and invoke I'd die for my cat since I'm holding him above the water to reroll that. All right, go for it. Still a minus two. So minus one with my modifier. All right, that is three shifts that he gets on you. So that's going to be three stress that Talon takes. Okay. This big old gummy gloms onto you and like there's no teeth, so it doesn't pierce through but just the force of the bite kind of pushes the air out of your lungs. You just barely managed to hold the cat out of the way, but the cat's freaking out. Maybe that's where you take the damage from, actually, is the cat just raking at your hands, <laughs> just freaking out. But that does it for the first shark. The second shark decides that it is going to try and get Sue. So it rolls to attack Sue forcefully, getting a flat zero. Okay, so to dodge, I am going to dive underneath the water, drinking as I go to make myself way more so that it'll drag me down to the bottom easier. Interesting. Because that's how it works. <laughs> now, roll to dodge cleverly. That's a very clever way of handling this. Thank you. 
I got a minus one, but with my modifier up to a plus one. All right, so that means you do succeed in your dodge. The shark, right as it's going to clamp down on you, is when you manage to gain enough water weight to sink down beneath the surface. So you are currently not on a super fast trajectory towards the bottom, but you can see as it's rising up to the shoreline, if you can make it there within the next little bit, then you should be able to basically just like walk on the bottom and eventually make your way onto the shore. That's amazing. And you don't even have to have a ship above your head to do it. I know. Oh, is Jim okay? He's on my back. Jim, he's just going along for the ride. Oh, of course he is. Sweet Jim. So now that the sharks have finished, I'm going to pass the turn to Talon. Um, how close am I to the shore? You're pretty close. Uh, just like your regular swimming speed, you wouldn't be able to make it there at the end of this turn. But if you were to try and use your action to get there and put on an extra burst of speed, you'd be able to make it. Okay. Am I being held by the shark or did it bite me and swim away? It bit you and kind of released its grasp. It's still there, still a present danger, but you are not currently in its teeth or lack of teeth thereof. Okay, cool. I will swim for that shore full blast. All right. Roll to overcome quickly. Plus three. Yeah. Similarly to the captain, like you watched his technique and you're like, that's how you swim. Okay, so you put the cat up on top of your head so that you can keep your head above the water and you start doing this similar dolphin breaststroke kind of shtick, just just barely managing to make sure that the top of your head doesn't sink under the water each time and you have made it to the shore. Perfect, and once I get there, I'd like to wipe the blood off the top of my head from the cat's claws. Yeah, you look around and you can see there are some plants growing here on the side, and there's one of them that appears to have like some fruit by the foot leaves. It's kind of this grassy material. You grab one of those stalks and you kind of use that to wipe the blood off of your head. Perfect, uh, and I think that's everyone in the rotation, so coming back around, uh, I'll throw it over to the captain. You did well, lad. You got to land. Now watch how we fight from a safe distance. And I'd like to reach down and lick a handful of the pop rocks so they stick together. And then I want to take my cutlass and kind of bat it into the ocean so it'll explode on contact and hurt the sharks. All right. Roll to attack cleverly. All right, that was a negative three. So I'm actually going to invoke my allergic to most things. <laughs> I'm intolerant to pop rocks. Yeah. Okay, so with that, uh, I'll say that counts as a compel, so you can take a free fate point for that. But your hand starts, like, swelling up a little bit. You're having an allergic reaction to the Pop Rocks. So it didn't land as close to the shark as you would like, but the shark's going to try and dodge quickly. Let's see how that turns out. And it gets a minus one. So it does manage to dodge out of the way of that. Oh, no. I'm telling my EpiPen. My EpiPen. I have no idea, like, what time frame this is supposed to be set in, because we're pirates on, like, a pirate ship, but there's an EpiPen and a bear <laughs> with a microchip in its head. Improv tabletop exists outside of reality in time. <laughs> <laughs> there are no anachronisms if we never said what time it was. There you go. That's a perfect excuse. So who is the captain going to pass his turn to? I'm going to shout out into the root beer, Get on land, Sue! Hurry! So, Sue, what would you like to do? I look over, and I see Cap and Talon and all my buddies over there. 
and I'm swimming here with Jim and I can't protect us just without help. So what we're gonna do is we're gonna swim really fast and I'm gonna yell at him, I'm gonna say, it's probably a good idea to hold on to my neck a little bit. And then we're gonna book it and swim. All right, roll to overcome quickly. Plus one. All right, so Jim, as he's going along, he's going to assist you along the way by latching onto your neck a little bit more stably so that he's not causing as much resistance against the root beer. So that's going to add a plus one to your roll, bringing it up to a plus two. And so, yeah, you kind of grip your claws into the bottom there and you use your muscles to pull yourself along the bottom and you breach out of the surface and make your way up onto the shore where all three of you are now and the sharks off in the water look kind of dejected and they decide you know what maybe this isn't worth it after all we'll try and find something else to eat and they turn towards your ship uh, captain i don't uh i think we're better off alive than uh having the ship because uh we can build stuff from all this stuff maybe i don't think we should try and save the ship or anything if you were thinking that i just I say we go and start building a ship with other stuff. Yeah, the old one really was just complete rubbish and garbage and junk and everything that's bad. Well, not exactly how I would have said it. Maybe I would have said it was a bit crummy, but uh, all in all, it kept us afloat when it needed to, in most cases. <laughs> and I'd like to run over to the captain and say, uh, I'm so sorry, Captain. They got a little bit sticky from the root beer. And I open up my coat and I have like, uh, you know, that classic scene in the movie where you open the coat, except I have like 16 EpiPens lining the inside of my jacket. <laughs> and I pull one out and I stab it into the captain's arm. Oh, you're a good man. You're, you're a good first mate. How's that? Oh my, you're going to really give me that much of a promotion? I'm not sure I deserve that, sir. I'm not sure either, but here we are. <laughs> so as you look around at the island that you find yourselves on, seeing the plants up a little bit closer, they're all made out of various edible substances. You've got, uh, like I mentioned, the grass kind of made out of the fruit by the foot. You see some of the trees their trunks are almost like croissants, nice rolled puff pastry. And as it goes to the top, the leaves that are coming out are curls of shaved chocolate. So you've got these nice pan au chocolat trees here. Some of the animals, obviously you had the turtles who were like literally candy turtles, but you see further off into the distance, there's this rabbit and it's clucking like a chicken. Uh, also made completely out of chocolate. Further off, you can see some birds flying around and their feathers are made out of cotton candy that's holding them aloft. Just this really, really weird place. Jim, as he sees the ice cream bar, is gonna kind of start moving in that direction to see if he can figure out what was going on here before. Sue, you're gonna be in trouble with all that root beer you drank and the shark you ate. Come out, come, come. And I pull a little uh, toothbrush out of my jacket that I've been using to clean Sue's teeth on the ocean. I'm gonna walk up like a vet and like split her lips on the side and start brushing her teeth. Uh, do you think that maybe we can find one that was made out of candy to brush my teeth? Now, now, that will just cause more problems than uh, we need right now. That would make the predicament even worse. You're probably right, but you're probably gonna have to brush my teeth a lot more once we get off the island because... <coughs> the 
thank you. Because I'm probably going to eat a lot of candy here. But if we keep brushing my teeth like that, I think we'll be good. Just try your best to control yourself. I can't help it. Because sometimes when I see candy, I just have to eat it. While Jim explores the ice cream bar, I'm going to go off and see if there's any sort of like tonic water stream or something that can wash off some of this sticky root beer. Yeah, roll to create an advantage cleverly to see what kind of thing you find. It's a plus two? Yeah, sure enough, you see the streams coming down from the mountain. There are several different colors of streams, all of them with varying degrees of fizziness. You find one that is kind of this nice, rich red color. Okay, here's the Kool-Aid stream going down to the ocean. You find one that is more of a bubbly, kind of cloudy yellow-green. All right, here's the Mountain Dew stream. And eventually you do come to one that is nice and clear. This one is more of a tonic water kind of thing. Could also be, based on Talon's preferences, maybe a LaCroix stream or a Perrier stream or something. Okay, and I'm gonna just get in and start cleaning off the root beer and shout out to everyone else. Uh, If any of you are sticky, you should come clean up a bit. Thanks to the zero sugar added to your LaCroix here, it does in fact wash off pretty nicely and has a nice pomplamousse taste to it. How'd you know, Ned? That's my favorite flavor. You know, I don't regret giving you that promotion. I, I, thank you, sir. Uh, I'll make sure that you do, or I'll make sure that you don't regret it. I'm sure you will. Now, let's take stock. Let's see what's on the island. Looks like Jim's being proactive. Is he doing things? Oh, maybe I should have made him top deck material sooner. In fact, he is rushing back in your direction. It looks like he's got something in his hand and he's scampering as quickly as he can across the pop rock sand towards you. Sir, I'm sure that can't be possible. You're right. He's probably confused. Let's see what he's up to. And he skids to a stop and a couple of the pop rocks spray into the stream. And he says... Uh, Captain Chimo, I found a journal, it looks like. The pages are made out of, like, that edible paper. Is It's kind of like a wafer, but really, really thin. I had that once when I was a kid. Um, probably not something that everybody's familiar with, but it exists. And the cover <laughs> is just made out of giant slabs of chocolate. And inside is a tale of woe and misery. The people who once resided upon this island, they were beset by terrible weather patterns from the ocean and the last very 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 last entry here it talks about a coconut snowstorm that was incoming and this individual says my goodness we are all doomed to our deaths we must go to the bunker inside the mountain if we are to survive jim you you can read <laughs> uh yeah i've been able to read for a while now my 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 brother taught me when i was really young because he was doing all kinds of bookkeeping and racketeering, uh, very much illegal kind of stuff, and he needed someone to help out with that, so he taught me how to do it for him, so I was the one who took all of the guff from the police. I didn't know that. Very interesting. Uh, you're, you're more of an asset than I thought, but uh, did you mention something about a, a, a bunker? Yeah, that, that must be where these people have gone. That structure is completely abandoned, and it looks like they left in a great haste. Well, uh, just... Uh, just out of curiosity, of my crew here, uh, who else can read? Uh, I can, sir. Surprisingly, due to the microchip in my head, you would think that I could, but I cannot. Well, there's nothing wrong with that. You know, my mother always read to me every night. I never quite picked it up myself, but nothing wrong with not being able to read yourselves. You got ourselves a couple of bookworms here to take care of us. 
Uh, so why don't you two lead us in the direction of this bunker according to that there journal? The journal doesn't have a map, but it does have within it a cryptic rhyme. And he flips open. Goodness, now I have to make up a rhyme. Uh, he turns to one of the pages and he says, The rhyme reads as such. Upon the hillside, sweet and fair, where geysers shoot into the air, their bubbles point in the direction you should look to find. <laughs> I wish you could see all of our faces right now. <laughs> yeah, what's, 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 the, what's the rest of the rhyme? The bubbles, the bubbles show the way to go to find the entrance down below. But once inside, you're in for a scare, for scary things will live in there. Make sure they do not kill you bad. And remember the good times that you had getting to the bunker. Wow. That was profound. To find the guys who first <laughs> you must go along the way of pie crust. <laughs> a wondrous, a wondrous road. <laughs> will lead you there to find the guys who are shooting into the air. To find the pie crust, first go up the mountainside and fill your cup with wondrous nectars. Drink them all and find the one that won't poison you because that's the one you should follow to get to the path. Wow. <laughs> wow, Jim. That was quite the reading. I can tell you really know your poetry. The the rhythm was there. You, you have your verse quite beautifully laid out in front of us here. Um, I think the author kind of gave up near the end there, yeah. I must admit. <laughs> no, I, I got that. He was he was probably just a little rushed with uh, the storm and all. Yeah, he didn't want to die in a horrible, sweet, cold conflagration of, of, of shaved coconut. It's, uh... It's strange that uh, he still chose to wrote out such an extravagant rhyme when danger was so near. Yeah, but oh goodness, oh goodness, I dropped it into the river. I can't, uh, I hope you remember it because I can't read it again. <laughs> well, I remember that there were geysers and uh, we're supposed to go up the mountain and look for the non-poisoned uh, stream or well or some sort of flavors. Yes, we need to fill our cup with the non-poison drink and go on the pie crust to get to the land beneath or some such slant rhyme. And also, there are scary things inside. Um, but let me try something real quick. Um, let me, I'm gonna go over and talk to the trees because the plants listen to me. Um, yeah. And I'm gonna go over and listen to them or they can listen to me and say, Plants, do you think that maybe you could, like, guide us to where we need to go down the right path? Because the the poem got a little bit crazy there, and then Jim messed up real bad. Hey, he seems like the kind of guy who probably messes up a lot. Yeah, it's just a little bit, but we like him 90% of the time. Well, hey, if you're trying to find your way to the, the streams that are not poisoned... Look out for my friends along the banks. There are certain tr there are certain rivers that we try not to grow by, but goodness gracious, we can't choose where we grow. We just fall where our seeds land, and then we sprout up into the air. Okay, so look for lots of you. Okay, we could probably do that. Um, also, just out of curiosity, do you know how you guys all became to be, like, candy plants? That is the great mystery of this realm. 
Is this realm reality, or is this realm something else? Well, I never thought about it that way. Okay. Uh, I'll bring it up with the group and we'll maybe decide, but for now we'll go find where there's lots of you. Do you think we should just like go in a certain direction or just follow along? I think we're just gonna follow along the river. Okay, um, anything else you wanna share? I've just been really lonely ever since all of the inhabitants of this island went into that bunker. I haven't had anybody to speak to. How long ago was that? Goodness gracious, I have no clock and I'm a tree without a brain so I can't tell time. Oh, how many, how many, um... You know what? This is silly. I can't tell time either, so I don't know why I'm asking, because I can't read, so I obviously can't read time. Um, But you'd best be careful. I can feel it down in my chocolatey roots. Another storm's brewing out there on the ocean. Another storm? The coconut will fall in flurries, beautiful to behold, but terrible to be stuck in. Do you know, like, about when? Like, can your chocolate roots tell that? It's going to be here by the end of the day. Okay, I got to go tell my friends, uh, but if I come back and I chop you down for food, don't be sad about it. It's nothing personal. You just look really yummy, and I'm panicking, so I need some comfort. Okay, I'll be back, maybe. Okay, bye. Okay, and then I'm running over, and I'm running over to everybody really fast, and I'm like, guys, 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 there's another storm coming. We're probably all going to die if we don't find this bunker, so we have to find it really fast. He, The trees, I didn't even catch his name, the tree... We're going to name him Roberto. He said, if we need to find the bunker, we need to go find where there are lots of him by a river. That's how we know it's not poisoned. Okay, well, that seems fair enough, I suppose. Well, he's by the river, so there's a lot of him there. Maybe there's more trees like him there. The ground looks like it could be made of pie crust in that area. I'm not very familiar with pie myself, as I'm quite allergic to it, but that looks pie-ish to me. Jem starts looking up the river and says, Well, I mean, he said to go up, so I suppose this is the way to start. Um, then let's start. Oh, yeah, Talon, did you have something? I was just gonna um, see if uh, I could talk to Jim in private for a second. Oh, goodness, I've never had a private discussion with anyone but my own imagination. This is an honor. Um, I'm gonna, like, turn over to Captain GMO um, and say... Uh, pretty sure that he and I just had a private discussion, like, uh, back on the ship, so uh, I think we should maybe put in the question Jim's memory in a little bit, but I don't, I don't know, maybe, maybe it's just a, a little fluke or something, but just putting it on the radar, this just happened. Jim's not very smart, so there is that. Let's give them a bit of room. I can respect a private conversation. Uh, Jim, I just, uh, wanted to say to you, um, listen, we're both deckhands, and we're both kind of helpers, and, well, when you do things like find books that tell us how to get to safety, it sort of, um, makes me not look as good. Um, I appreciate you dropping it in the water, of course, because that ruined it and made you look a fool again, but if you could just not look too good. Oh, the book, yeah, I've got it right here. And he reaches into his jacket, and he's like, wait a second, where'd the book go? That's... Perfect, Jim. Channel that energy. The more incompetent and buffoonish you look, the better it will make me look. Okay, I'll try to remember that, but apparently I don't remember things super well. Um, maybe you should lead the way from here. That's the spirit. Thank you. And I turn, I go, oh, all right, everybody, let's, uh, let's hit the trail. We'll follow your lead as long as you follow mine. 
A cryptic verse jot down in haste. Drink up, young lad, drink up. Against seething storm those poor souls race. Drink up, young lad, and sing. To sanctuary hid below. Drink up, young lass, drink up. And now to where our heroes go. Drink up, young lass, and sing. Slicing through the bubbling foam, our course is set for home, sweet home. Fill your mug in the breaking waves, we'll toast the root beer sea this day. Alright, so you guys start heading up the trail that wends alongside this Pamplemousse-Lacroix River, and eventually you come to an area where it's this large grotto kind of area, and there are several waterfalls coming in from all directions and spilling into this grotto, everything kind of mixing up and churning into this wonderful miasma of colors all swirling together. And each of the rivers that is turning into a waterfall you see has different colors similar to the ones that you've seen. And as you look up to the plateau kind of at the top of this grotto area, you see there is a large swath of trees growing up top there. So maybe one of these rivers might be the one that you're looking for. Uh, Captain, how do you suppose we should get up to the top of the cliff? Well, are you good climbers? Because I'm not. Oh, uh, you and I have so much in common, sir. I'm a terrible climber as well. I'm an amazing climber. I've got some rope in my pack. That's that's wonderful, Jim. Then you should definitely, uh, that'll make you look really good if you climb to the top of the cliff. I'll do that and I'll drop the rope back down to you while after I've tied it up on top. And he goes over to the cliff and he begins attempting to climb it carefully and rolls a minus one. Oh, that Jim, he's... He's so helpful. <laughs> Very confident. Well, uh, these these rocks here are a little bit slick, I'm afraid. Uh, these big old chunks of rock candy that are making up the wall of this grotto. I can't seem to climb it, but Sue, you are powerful and strong. Maybe you can make it up there. And he's going to assist you, which means you'll get a plus one on your roll. Sweet. Um. Okay, Jim, I, you know, I probably could get up there pretty quickly. I mean, this place is pretty edible, so I'm just probably going to eat some little holes on the way up so that you guys can use it to put your feet in them to help you kind of stay stable. So kind of to turn it into like a little rock climbing wall. Um, so I'm just going to eat that pretty quick. So let me go ahead. Roll to overcome carefully. Jim gave me a plus one. Mm -hmm. Sweet. So I get a plus four. Nice. So you have succeeded with style, meaning that not only do you succeed at the task you've created, but you're also going to generate a boost. And so the boost that I am going to give you is rock climbing instructor. So since you've got this very sort of assistive spirit going on right now, if you're doing something that is going to assist somebody else, you can use this boost to get a free reroll or plus two on that. And now there is a nice sort of ladder-like set of grooves and gouges in the rock candy wall that you can use to climb up to the top. I'm going to go to climb up it, and as I pass Jim, I'm going to say, Good work. At first I thought you were trying to make me look bad, but then you failed immediately, and it was great. Oh, th th thank you. Uh, sure. Let's, let's get up to the top. 
and he begins climbing up and eventually you all make it to the top of this plateau and you can see in total there are five of these rivers that are feeding into the grotto beneath and four of them are surrounded by lush trees of all varieties growing on their banks. But there is one in particular, uh, it's a bit of a darker sort of color and the trees that are growing by that river are very withered and dead looking. Didn't you say we were supposed to look for the tree that had lots of trees around it? Cause these all look like they have lots of trees around it. Well, maybe it's easier to get to the bunker than we thought. Let's try the near, well, I realized a horrible thing just now. I'm probably allergic to all of these, so it's going to be a bit of a gamble. I'll have an EpiPen ready. Um, sir, I did notice, uh, the instructions were to dip your cup, and I did just notice over there, and I point and there is a tree stump that has just a bunch of different sizes and shapes of like chalices and coffee mugs and cups all across the top of it. I really appreciate that you're so ready with an EpiPen, but I don't actually like getting stabbed. Oh, of, of course, sir. I'm sorry. I shouldn't have even uh, made that assumption. You're right. I'm, I apologize. No, no. I, I, I simply mean, why don't you drink and I do the stabbing? Well, but uh, I'm not allergic to anything, sir. Yes, I, I only felt like it was a good quid pro quo. I will put my life on the line and drink from a potentially poisoned river on behalf of my captain. Jim, this is what it's like to be top deck material. Talent. You could really learn a thing or two from Jim. I'm just being proactive and peppy. <laughs> and he goes over and he grabs one of the chalices and he dips it into the river, uh, the one that is nearest to you. And this one appears to be a river of pineapple Fanta. And he takes a little sip from it and he says, Hmm, okay, that was, that was, yeah, that's actually pretty tasty. That's, that's, that's rather delightful actually. And as you're looking at the cup in his hand, you notice something kind of bobs to the surface inside of it. Jim, my boy, what's that there you got in your cup? Well, it's... And he looks inside and you see there's a malt ball with a candy cane skewered through it. And the candy cane is sharpened down to a point, almost compass needle-like. And he holds it up and he says, Well, whichever direction I turn, it points that way. Wow, you think with a storm coming, they wouldn't need to be so cryptic with such elaborate ruses to get us to follow their way, but boy howdy am I enjoying myself. <laughs> Talon, if you want to hold the chalice and lead the way, then I would be okay to give it to you. Yes, Jim, I would appreciate that very much. Thank you so- Teamwork is great. Yes, it's fantastic. Give me that, please. And he hands the chalice to you. And I hold the chalice in one hand and the cat under my arm in the other. And I lean down to the cat and I say, don't worry, Snowcone, we'll get him before this is all over. <laughs> And so you begin following the direction uh, of the chalice with its kind of makeshift compass inside of it. And Talon, as you're walking along, you catch Snowcone occasionally just glancing in Jim's direction with malice in its eyes. And it's, it's like making biscuits on your arm as it's going along with the claws extended as if it's preparing itself for a hunt. 
But yeah, eventually you manage to make your way to uh, an area where the forest breaks out and there is a path made of pie crust leading further up the mountain. Yes, it says we uh, were supposed to follow the pie crust, right, Captain? Aye, Talon, you've led us straight on. You're truly a valuable member of the team. I'm gonna put my hand on his shoulder and, and look him deep in his eyes and say, as my first mate, I appreciate you really looking out for Jim, even though he's so awful. It means a lot. You're doing, well, you're doing my work and I appreciate it. Oh, well, well anytime, Captain, of course. I uh, will always be able to keep an eye on him. Uh, yes, you're right. He is just terrible, isn't he? He is the worst, but without him, who would we test potential poisons on? Am I right? Oh, right you are, sir. So as you're following along this pie crust trail, Eventually, you well, you're getting towards like a bend in the road, and you hear these popping and hissing noises coming from around the bend. And as you turn the bend, you can see geysers of sparkling water shooting up through holes in the pie crust road. All right, um, we're probably going to have to get around this, so I have an idea. Do you guys see any of those turtles around that you saw earlier? Because I see two. And looking at how many we need to fill the geysers, looks like there's probably about six geysers. And what I'm thinking is we just shove the turtles in there and then we run across super fast. And then the turtles will blast up in the air afterwards and they'll have a fun ride. And maybe we could tie like some leaf parachutes on them so they're okay afterwards. That's surprisingly humane of you to think of their descent again. I'd be happy to assist you. I am quite good at knots. If you need a good paracord, they they can pull their own cords. We'll just pack the chute in a bag for them. I'll, I'll get started on that over here. There's plenty of trees, plenty of leaves. Well, I guess they're not trees and I guess they're not leaves, but the approximation of which I can use to make a good bit of a chute. And I'll get over and I'll start shaking trees to get chocolatey leaves to fall to make little parachute packs for these turtles because I think it's adorable. All right, and as you get into the forest and you start shaking the trees, you see that some of them have leaves that appear to be made out of fruit roll-ups. Just these large, wide strips of this potentially air-catching material. So you start forging some of these materials and you're putting together these parachutes. Roll to overcome cleverly to see how well these parachutes turn out. Oh, well, that'll be a negative one. But I'm going to use a free invoke of Well Forested to give myself a plus two. All right. So that brings your total up to a plus one, which is a success. So you've made these parachutes and you figure they'll probably keep these turtles from dying as they fly off into the distance. Um, But yeah, you guys have been wrangling some turtles. Uh, Let's say Sue and Talon, while the captain's been working on the parachutes, roll to overcome quickly to see if you can catch the turtles. It's not going to be difficult. (laughs) It is not going to be difficult. I got a minus two. (laughs) For Talon, it's difficult. (laughs) I got a zero. (laughs) All right. And Jem gets a plus two. So, Talon, (laughs) as you're going around trying to catch these turtles... Uh, You have tied, which means that you can succeed at a minor cost. So you you reach around and you're grabbing these turtles, but one of them nips at your hand and you take one stress from that. 
But Sue, you're managing to catch a couple more of the turtles, but you turn around. And so Talon, you've got one turtle, Sue, you've got two turtles. And Jim just has three turtles stacked on top of each other, all Yertle the turtle style. And he's walking them back in the direction of the captain. Jim, that is like most impressive that you could carry all those turtles and find all those turtles. Well, it's all just motivated by my love for my crew and my desire for us to succeed. That's one way to look at it, Jim. All right. Uh, Go ahead and um, let's all start tying these little parachutes onto the turtles and then we'll shove them in with some pretty good force. All right. So now that you've got the turtles captured, it's pretty easy to tie the parachutes on there. And boom, 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 you uh, pop the turtles into the geysers, and the way is clear before you. Okay, everybody, now I say that we run just in case it decides to explode sooner than expected, so let's go. Run! Jim, you bring up the rear. Yes, of course. Everybody go. My life is not as important as yours. Run! I'm glad you see it the right way. And I'd like to go third, and on the last turtle, I'd like to <clears throat> accidentally step on it and, like, dislodge it just a little bit. Roll to overcome sneakily. That is a plus two. You give one big ol' kind of shove with your heel as you're taking your final step off the turtle, and you kind of peer back over your shoulder, and as Jim jumps up onto the turtle, that's exactly the moment that the geyser goes off, and he goes shooting up into the sky on the turtle's back, and you hear his scream as he goes up. Oh my goodness, I'm going to be caught in the storm, but all of you can make it. I believe in you. Did we just heck and lose Jim? Uh, well, it's a bit unclear. I think that's really up to interpretation. Uh, um, well, uh, um, I'm sure he'll be back uh, soon enough. He's got a parachute. And as you're watching Jim go flying off on the back of the turtle, you see a single white flake float down in front of you guys. Ah, coconuts. We're in for a real close shave, guys. Let's go. So you continue running along the path, (laughs) and eventually you find yourselves... Oh my goodness, I... I just got McKenna's joke and I love it. Anyway. You, you, you missed the shaved coconut reference. <laughs> I am not on top of my game. I missed the Shrek reference. I missed the shaved coconut reference. And now I've lost Jim. Anyway, you guys are running along and eventually you make it to the end of this path and you see built into the side of the Rock Candy Mountain is a large door. And there are strange carvings on the door's surface. And as you look up at it, impressive and kind of intimidating, the coconut beginning to fall behind you. Jim, goodness knows where, somewhere off in the sky. That is where we're going to conclude today's episode of Improv Tabletop. As jealous words draw souls apart. Drink up, young lad, drink up. Betrayal clouds a faithful heart Drink up, young lad, and sing A crewmate lost to frothing spume Drink up, young lass, drink up As flakes begin to herald doom Drink up, young lass, and sing Slicing through the bubbling foam Our course is set for home, sweet home Fill your mug in the breaking waves We'll toast the root beer sea this day Thanks for listening to Improv Tabletop. We'll be back next week with more adventures in the world of Dessert Island. 
If you want more, go ahead and subscribe. Maybe even give us a review. We would be as happy as a man who's just betrayed his only competition and now has a clear shot to the top if you would give us a positive review on the podcatcher of your choice. We're also on Twitter at Improv Tabletop, as well as Instagram and Facebook. And if you'd like to suggest either a setting for us to play in or an aspect for one of our characters to use, tweet about us using hashtag setting or hashtag aspect, or comment on one of our photos or posts on Instagram or Facebook. Let's go ahead and do a round of plugs. So I have been working on uh, increase, improving my video gaming skills, not to the point that I'm ready to start streaming or anything, but I'm going to be doing walkthroughs for games that have existed for decades and decades that nobody has really played. Um, so if you are interested in a walkthrough of, say, Fester's Quest, um, the old Adams Family game for the Nintendo Entertainment System, uh, I'm going to be putting up a walkthrough for that on my latest awesome gaming website. Uh, and if you want to find that walkthrough, you can find that at leetaxorned.blogspot.com. <laughs> Evan, what you got going on? Uh, so after last week's episode, uh, I was so inspired by Christian's plug that this week... Uh, I've decided I'm going to try water for the first time. <laughs> um, and I'm going to record my reaction. And, uh, you know, we'll, we'll see if it uh, goes up online somewhere. Um, but I'm really curious to see how that goes. It's going to be a real new thing for me. Nice. I hear it's life-changing. I haven't tried it yet myself, but I'm interested to hear your review on it when you get to that point. Yeah, I'll definitely let you know. Thank you. Christian, what you got going on? Well, <clears throat> apropos of nothing, I am starting to teach skydiving lessons. Mm. So much like our turtly and useless friends, I will soon be throwing people out of planes and seeing how well they land. I I've always thought it sort of interesting when they call it skydiving lessons because I don't really see how much learning needs to go in. You either make it or you don't. And uh, if you do, you've learned. So. I feel like the, uh, the the pass rate has got to be pretty high because who's going to give you a negative review? <laughs> you know? So uh, I'm looking forward to a pretty successful career as a skydiving instructor over this next week. There you go. I will make sure to not take any lessons from you. McKenna, what you got going on? I'm actually going to be plugging this other podcast that I am involved in. It's called We Liked You First. Um, my buddy Patrick, he is uh, one of the hosts. It was his idea. And basically what we do is we get actors from all over and writers from all over and do readings of their scripts or kind of an adapted versions of books and things like that, short stories. Um, and then we interview the author and we have guest stars for actors. Um, and it's just kind of fun. And the basic premise is, hey, we liked you before you became big. So um, if you guys want to participate in that, um, you can go to our Facebook page or Instagram. It's We Liked You First um, and you can submit. Um, it's super fun. I think we're about to wrap up season two of that. And it's a super fun time. So if anybody's interested, tell them that uh, Improv Tabletop sent you over. Right on. Well, thanks so much for joining us here in the world of Dessert Island. I'm Ned Wilcock, your host and GM, and I've been joined by... Uh, Evan Peterson, the winner. Christian Randall, the illiterate. And McKenna Steele, I ate way too much candy. Much love and stuff. We'll catch you next week on Improv Tabletop. Mm -hmm.